Welcome to Ticketbud Tidbits. We're here to bring you tips, advice, and insights from fellow event organizers across a wide range of events that we work with. My name's Lisa Carson, and I'm the Content Marketing Manager here at Ticketbud. I'm here today with Eva Gonzalez, the founder of Outlier HQ, a media and events company that helps entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale their businesses. Uh, Eva is the host of Outlier On Air, a weekly podcast that interviews founders, disruptors, and mavens, like that. Um, Eva is also the organiser of the Outlier Podcast Festival coming up in Austin in May. Uh, so that's May 17 and 18 in Austin and then in Denver, July 12 and 13. I will definitely be at the Austin event. So welcome to the podcast, Eva. Lisa, thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> thank you for joining us. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on. So it's going to be great. <laughs> um, we're going to start on a personal note. So by asking you something about a favourite event that you've attended and what you loved about it. Uh, good question. Uh, so a, a favorite event that I didn't organize that I attended, uh, maybe it was called Founders Retreat. Uh, so we would go up into the mountains and there was just 12 of us, 12 uh, to 15 uh, founders, entrepreneurs and CEOs. Um, and we would go up in, into the mountains uh, here in Southern Utah where I'm from. And just for three days, just there was no agenda really. I mean, we we played a little bit, we skied a little bit, but uh, it was just these 15 amazing men and women getting together and talking about our businesses, about life, about kind of helping each other, mentoring each other. And it was fantastic. Uh, I got so much out of it, right? We didn't have keynote speakers. We didn't have any other things that, that a typical uh, conference or event would have. Uh, but it was definitely one of the best ones that I've attended. I, I, I received so much information um, from the people that were there, right? And they didn't have any agenda. They, they weren't there to help me because they wanted my business or, and vice versa. We were just there trying to help each other. And, and I think those three days uh, really meant a lot and, and I learned quite a bit from it. It was really organic. It was just sort of like who was there and what they got out of it. That's exactly right, yeah. Nice, that sounds awesome. Okay, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you do? Yeah, so originally I'm from Southern California. Uh, I've lived here in Utah for the last 11, 12 years, but my background career-wise has been in logistics and supply chain management for the last you know, 15, 16 years. Um, and so I, I thought that was going to be my career until I retired. Um, and about 10 years back, I started my own freight management company in, in logistics and, and freight management, uh, sold that in 2013. And then I was sitting there thinking, man, I'm 30, what, I'm 34, 35. What am I going to do with my life now, right? I, I still have a little bit of, of energy and, and still a little bit of fire in my belly. So uh, as, as I was trying to figure out what my next big move was, I was like, well, what am I going to do in the meantime? So I decided to start a podcast because I enjoy business and I enjoy talking to people. And so we kind of started this podcast and because of the podcast and the success that we had early on with it, um, we decided to kind of put more time and resources into it. And so we, we started this, this media company really. And so we've hosted a lot of events, 200 plus events uh, to date. Um, we've had 400 plus episodes on our podcast and we had a co-working space here in, in St. George, uh, Utah, where we're from. And, and it just kind of blossomed from there. And so a year into it, I was like, there's actually something special about this. So we're going to continue to do it. And, that's what I've been doing since 2013. So, you know, when we first started, I, I knew nothing about podcasting, nothing about hosting events, about running the co-working space. Um, but I just kind of 
we just kind of put our heads down and learn how to do it. <laughs> That's right. And, and it was the best thing, right? Because if I would have waited until I knew exactly what I was doing, I never would have got started. People, you know, people wait until it's perfect. It's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have all the knowledge that you need, but we have enough. And we went, you know, we started and we made some mistakes and, and we had some failures, but we learned from them. Yeah. Uh, and now what, five years later, it's been a wild ride and, and we're still going strong. Awesome. That's definitely some, uh, something advice that someone else gave me about, cause I'm someone who wants things to be just right and perfect uh-huh. before you know, uh-huh. go. And I was like, there's so much experience you miss out on by delaying starting something. Um, so I definitely think that's, that's really good advice. Something that I've gone, okay, just get started and learn on the go, which is what I'm doing with podcasting. And, and you're doing a great job. And it's, you know, it's funny because I think ideas and opportunities, I think they have a season, right? And I think if you miss the season, yeah. you're not going to get it back, right? So I think, especially when we're young, it's nice to be, young and stupid or naive, right? Thinking that we can conquer the world. We can't, but I'm glad that we throw ourselves into it because sometimes we can achieve some pretty amazing things because of it. Well, some of like really good opportunities do come in a window. And if you wait to be like, oh, wait until we know all this or get this all right, other people have jumped in and you've missed the boat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so um, you talked about you've got um, a lot of experience sort of doing events now. So how can um, you sort of, leverage events to grow a business and sort of yeah. businesses and brands use events to sort of achieve their business goals. Yeah. Great, great question, right? If you're a big company, a big brand, right? It, it's all about uh, market share and, and getting it out there and, and getting the name on, you know, in these conferences, whether they're some of the bigger conferences out there and it's just a branding play, right? They're not necessarily getting uh, in there trying to get uh, uh, signups or customers from that exact venue, but it's, it's a, you know, an awareness type of a, uh, play with the events that we do, right? We, I, I try to um, limit the attendees, right? We, we cap it at about 250 attendees because we want smaller, more intimate uh, settings, right? The, our speakers and attendees to be able to kind of mingle and things like that. And, and that goes right along with our sponsors. All of our sponsors that come and attend our events, like they're shaking hands and meeting people and, and not just, you know, handing out business cards or whatever they're handing out. It's, right they're there for almost two days and and they're truly meeting uh their their clients their potential clients and they're kind of hearing the good the bad and the ugly of their products and services and so if you're a brand and you want to continue to grow and there are ton of these smaller events right i I would say go and and sponsor a small event and like boots on the ground hear what what your customers and potential customers are saying about the industry, about your brand, about their competitors, all that good stuff. I, I, it goes a long way. I mean, I, really putting a face to a brand is, I think, where the magic happens. That's why we, we host the things that we do and such an imagine. Yeah. Like, like Ticketbud, right? I've been using you guys for most of my events and it's been great and we, we've, we haven't had any issues, but now putting a face to it yeah. now makes me a little bit more like loyal to you and, and yeah, more right. no. human for sure. Yeah. And, and so I think that's where brands can really excel uh, in, in the face-to-face. So glad to be the human face of Ticketbud. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you think is like the key ingredients to a great event? Yeah, we, we try to uh, build a, a community with all of our events, right? And so we're a traveling event with the podcast festivals. We go to different cities, like you mentioned. So Austin, Denver, LA, uh, we go to the, these different cities. And so we, we, we find the 
the community leaders, the in, in our case, podcasting, right? The podcasting leaders uh, that are there that are there doing amazing things. We we kind of connect with them. We ask them, you know, you obviously know the community better, the podcasters, the scene here. Who should we be talking to? What should we be doing? And so we we literally sit down and listen to them and and try to put a show on that is going to benefit that specific community. So our show in LA was different than our show in Utah and it's going to be different than our show in Denver and, and Austin. And so I think what we're trying to, to put together, you know, our whole brand is outlier. We outliers are doing different things, right? The, the Mavericks, the misfits, they're, they're kind of doing their own thing. Uh, and that's great. And we applaud them and, and we feel like we're, we're part of it. But even those loners and those people that are doing amazing things on their own, they still need a sense of community. And so that's what we're trying to do with our events. Right. And so we bring these amazing individuals together, young, ambitious um, entrepreneurs and founders and podcasters. And when they get together, we just kind of step back. Right. We let the magic happen on its own. We do put speakers up there. We do put uh, panels and workshops and, and different uh, activities, but we just kind of make sure that everybody that's there is comfortable in order to be able to share and make the, the true lasting connections that, uh, that make uh, an event interesting and not just interesting, but, but beneficial, right? We, we take this seriously. We, we don't want to waste people's time. We don't want to waste people's money attending our shows, right? Our, our events, our festivals. Uh, and if they can find a potential client, a potential uh, part, business partner, whatever, friend, mentor, mentee, we, we've done our job. And so that's what we focus on when we put these festivals together. Yeah. I definitely think that even though so many things are, are um, online and, and things like that now, I'd still think that events have so much value for that reason. It's still that impersonal, like that, sorry, that personal exchange that has a lot of value. So it, Yeah. It's funny, right. With our, with our social media accounts, with our uh, large newsletter, uh, email newsletters and things like that. Um, we can reach a lot of people and it's great. And, you know, we do business that way, but, but it's, it's the events, right? It's, it's the, the face to face, uh, the personal connection that uh, that goes a long way. And I think that's where our, our bread and butter is. And that's what we're going to continue to focus on um, moving forward. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Outlier Podcast Festival. Like who is it for? Why is it different? What can people expect? Yeah. So we, again, we're capping it at 250 and we're looking for outlier podcasters, right? And we're looking for in, in these different communities, who are the people that are doing some cool things that aren't necessarily the big names, right? The, the big podcast, the big podcast companies. Um, we're looking to highlight uh, amazing people and those in the margins, right? The uh, people of color, right? Uh, different uh, religions, uh, diff you know, just people that aren't necessarily nice. um, represented, right? In, in, in podcasting right now, it's, it's not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's dominated by middle-aged white guys, right? For, for, for the most part. But there are, and we have those and we, there are a lot of them are our speakers and our friends and things like that. But, but we want to be able to kind of highlight the, the outliers the, mm -hmm. that are out there. And so that's what we do with our events. And, and that's how I think that we're trying to uh, differentiate ourselves a little bit from some of these other uh, podcasting events, which by the way, all of them are friends anyway, and they're coming and supporting, uh, doing a great things, podcast movement, right? Uh, Podfest. Um, keeping it small, keeping it intimate, inviting those that are normally in their basements or in their closets, recording their shows uh, to kind of come out and mingle with industry leaders and outliers and everything in between. And so that's what we've been doing for the last year or so. And uh, it's worked well so far. I mean, I, I love 
seeing somebody talking or connecting uh, that normally have nothing in common or, or would even know to connect with or reach out to. Uh, when that happens in our events, it's a big deal to us. So why did you decide to organize the podcast festival? Like what were you trying to achieve? What were your goals with it? Yeah, we've hosted a lot of entrepreneur events, right? And that's part of our 200 plus events that we've done. Um, a lot of pitch competitions, a lot of business networking conferences and things like that. And we're good at it, right? I'd like to think that it's a well-oiled machine now. Um, and as I was looking at all the different podcasting conferences and events throughout the, the city, a lot of the ones that I wanted to attend were ones where I was like vacationing with my family or had other commitments and I couldn't attend. Um, and so I was like, well, wait a minute, we, we host our own events. We can, let's put on a podcasting event. Uh, and not, not only that, but let's do it here in my hometown. And so we did. So May of last year, we did it. We had our first Outlier Podcast Festival. And we reached out to a lot of our friends and a lot of people that we didn't know that, that we admired in the industry. And we invited them to come to beautiful Southern Utah uh, for our very first event. And uh, it was a complete success, right? It, w- it was amazing. And, and the atmosphere and the podcasters and the podcasting community in general, very open. Like we're not, com- it doesn't feel like we're competing with, e- with each other for downloads or for, uh, you know, an audience base or anything like that. So Everybody was very helpful and very open and saying, hey, I know this guy, you should have them on the show or uh, up on your stage. Uh, and I was blown away by how generous a lot of the, the speakers and a lot of these high profile speakers and, and podcasters um, treated us and everybody around them. And so we're like, Let, let's kind of double down and have more of these. And so uh, in L- we had another one in L.A. that same year um, in September. And so we had two last year and then now this year. Uh, we're having the three that we mentioned, Austin, Denver, and and we're going back to LA. Uh, and so because it was such a great experience and, and personally, I just had a ton of fun meeting a lot of these cool people and people that I've been listening to for, for a couple of years now, yeah. uh, we're, we're going to continue to push forward with it. And, awesome. and everywhere, everywhere we go, we're going to, we're going to uh, pick different cities with cool podcasting communities Um to go to and explore and meet new people and, and put on these different uh, events. Uh, but I think every fall we're going to go back to LA. I think that's going to be our flagship location, LA every fall, but spring yep. and summer of 2020, you know, we're still kind of, kind of like the Olympics. We're looking around at different cities, seeing where we're going to go. Nice. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to having you in Austin. I think it's going to be great. Um, so where do you start when planning an event like this? Like what are the key pieces of the puzzle in the planning process that you need to think about? Yeah, great question. I, I want, I start with the, the big picture, what I want my attendees to walk away with, right? And so for the most part, I want them to walk away again with a sense of community, being able to hear from individuals that, that they normally wouldn't have been able to, to uh, uh, hear from. And so I want them to be able to walk away with, with a sense of community, with networking. And then from there, I just pick people that I admire or that I think would be great on our stage and I start with the speakers that's the the number one thing right we we pick a theme a little bit and then we have all these speakers that I reach out to and you know 90% of the time they come and and they they on their own dime a lot of them uh, come and, and speak right they're not being sponsored by their companies or anything like that and we're not paying our speakers um, uh, right now to, to come and speak they do it and they fly out on their own dime because they 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 feel a sense of um, what we're trying to build, right? This community yeah. of outliers and, and podcasting uh, uh, network. Uh, and so that, yeah, we, we start with the speakers and I think everything else falls into place. For the most part, we know how much a venue is going to cost. 
for the most part, we know how much the food and drinks and things like that. But I think it's it's the speakers connected with the audience that makes it a good event, right? Do we have the most comfy seats? I don't know. Do we have the mo- the best audio equipment? I don't know, right? It, that stuff doesn't matter. Is the content on the stage good enough to be able to inspire you or help you learn something? That's what I care about, right? Um, we don't have banners. We don't have uh, a lot of these bells and whistles. All I do is I have a, an outlier flag, a burgundy outlier flag with our logo, and I, I put that up on every, at every event, uh, and that's it, right? Our sponsors, you know, sponsorships go with, like, you know, banners and things like that, and they work fine, but I'm trying to keep it not as corporate or not as normal type of a festival, yeah. Um, other than the outlier flag flying in the background, uh, uh-huh. we find different ways to to benefit our sponsors that way. Okay. Well, and it, and it also keeps it that more community feel, like everyone's coming exactly. in. Exactly. So, what were you looking for when you were choosing a ticketing partner? Uh, sort of like why ticket buyers? <laughs> what do you like about it? <laughs> well, two two things, uh, and I'll be honest. In the beginning, we were looking for. Um, you know, we have the, the, the normal event, Brad, and those type of... Uh, we're the outlier. We're a bit different. <laughs> that's right. And that's exactly right. And that's why, but I, that's why I picked you, yeah. right? Because I was looking for, you know, again, our whole brand is outliers and startups and like cool people like that. And we could have been, went with a web writer or somebody else like that. And it would have been fine, right? It, w- it would have been great. But we wanted to kind of partner up and, and work with uh, somebody that was uh, doing something a little bit different. And I, I think on top of that, and there might be others I, I just don't know, but I, you guys pay up front too. You, yeah. you don't wait till after the event is done. Early payout. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that, and yeah. I was like, wait, you do what? Yes. <laughs> sign me up. Not only are you guys outliers, but you guys pay up front as you know, I, I think it's the next day for us now that we've done so many, right? Somebody buys a ticket today. I think uh, it, you guys yeah, start wiring it the next day. And so. Yeah. Daily, weekly, or monthly payouts. We don't yeah. hold your money hostage. <laughs> which is which. Which right blows for my honest. mind that you can't like. <laughs> there's so many expenses that come up before an event. Like things you've exactly got right. to pay for. So, like to free up that money early on is would be such a big deal. And especially for smaller events, right? I mean, again, we cap it at 250, so it's not one of these huge events. A, a lot of that that revenue coming in from ticket sales helps us pay for a lot of the things that, that we need to pay for. And so that was very appealing. Yeah. The, the early payout and then the fact that you guys were doing it a little bit different uh, yeah. was very attractive to me. Oh, awesome. Yes. Well, we like, we like to have a more personal note and, and the big thing for us is the customer service. So, you know, you're not stuck talking to a computer or like we can get on the phone to one of us really quickly and easily. And so that's sort of what we, we like to have uh, keeping it. We are, as you know, a startup. And uh, so that's, that's what we do. Yeah, when I was trying to set up my account, I think we had I had issues trying to figure out uh, on my end with the banking stuff, and I hopped on the phone, and you guys were able to help me right away. And so, yeah, it was a uh, uh, again, it felt it was a human touch that that I enjoy. Yep. So uh, this is an event you've run before. What happens like on the event day from your perspective? Like, what are you doing to make sure the event runs smoothly? What are you thinking about? For me, once the event starts, I feel like that's where um, I get to kind of relax a little bit more. Oh, right? really? <laughs> all, all the buildup, yeah, is before. Like right now, we're a month, we're four weeks away, we're a month away. This is the most uh, in, intense it's it's getting, right? Because the lineup is set, but we're just tweaking a few things. A lot of the sponsors are in, in place, we're just tweaking a few things. Um, 
yeah, th- this is the most uh, stressful part of it right now. And then, you know, we always worry about ticket sales, even though it, it, they, they always come. We worry about everything. But then once, once it's go time, uh, my staff and our partners are so good at, at running the show and making sure everybody has what they need and all the speakers are taken care of that now at that point as the face of outlier, the, the, my company, now it's just doing what I do best, I think is hanging out with people and talking to them about their businesses and like just, you know, doing that type of thing. And so, uh, you know, being a people person, I think that's the easiest part for me day of, um, the event, hanging out with people, making sure that they're comfortable, but my staff make sure that you know, all the details are taken care of. Um, and that's, I, I enjoy that quite a bit, right? Logistics, my background, making sure everything is taken care of, all the details as a, up until that point is easy-ish, but stressful. But yeah, once I wake up that morning, uh, when it's go time, I'm like light and happy and free. Nice. <laughs> that's good I like that um so you mentioned before about like in each of the cities you want to work with local podcasters to host the event so I understand why that was important but how did you go about choosing who they would be did you already have relationships or did you start spoken out who's you know yeah once once we put the word out that we were going to these different cities uh they, they kind of came to me I mean we we have friends in a lot of different cities because we you know we've been doing this our our podcast show um, for for a long time. And so we have connections all over the U.S. for the most part. Uh, and so some of them came from there, but a lot of them were recommendations from other people that we that we know saying, hey, if you're going to L.A., you should really talk to this person. And so that's what that's what we do. And, you know, we kind of get the feel of who they are and, and um, you know, the, the culture and the vibe needs to kind of match. Uh, and we've been lucky to have great, partners right in in la we've we've connected with uh earbuds podcast collective ariel this and black she's she's amazing uh so amazing the fact that she's part of the team now and she's going to every city with us austin we've connected with media tech ventures out there that they're big on startups and podcasting uh denver is uh house of pod with cat out there they're a great organization doing some cool things in podcasting in Denver. And so those are the people that we're, that we're really looking for. Okay. Yeah. And we have other cities, right. That, that we're talking to next, uh, next year. And so it's now it's a matter of, do they have the right podcasting community that can support this type of show and is the host there, right? Our partners in the city, are they the right type of company, the right type of field, the right type of individuals? Uh, and so, yeah, right now we're just kind of exploring a lot of different partnerships. Nice. Okay. Um, so as someone who's new to podcasting myself, uh, I need to ask some podcasting questions sure. and there's definitely going to be listeners who are either new to podcasting or they want to sort of take their podcast to the next level. Um, so for people thinking about starting a podcast, how can a podcast be sort of like a great vehicle for your brand and why do you think it's a good way to engage with an audience? Yeah, I, I think, uh, right. Aside from like worrying about downloads and things like that, which, which is horrible. Don't worry about downloads. Don't worry about, you know, am I getting enough listeners, all that stuff, worry about putting out good content first and then you can worry about those things if ever. Uh, but to be able to answer your question, to be able to help your brand or your company for us, it's a whole lot easier for me to call a CEO of a potential, you know, for a potential client that, that I want to work with or a partner and say, Hey, I'd love to, I'm calling because I'd love to have you on my show. We have 400 plus episodes, you know, 
Um, we get so many downloads. We're a, a global uh, brand at the, at this point. Uh, so that's easier for me to do than to be able to call a potential client and try to sell them right on the first, on the first call or to even have them take my call. Um, <laughs> for the most part, most founders, yeah, most founder CEOs are like, Oh, you know, 400 episodes is not, is, is not, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. And yeah. our distribution is, is uh, uh, a good size as well. And so that has been able to grow not only my personal network, but uh, partnerships and clients for, for outlier. Uh, again, a lot of the speakers that come to speak at our events have been past guests on our show. And because they had such a great experience on the show and they got, you know, uh, um, some pretty good exposure from it. When I call them and say, Hey, would you come speak at my show? By the way, I'm not paying you and you have to pay your own way. It's a whole lot easier for them to be like, I, yeah, I've had a good experience with you ever and with outlier. And so now I'm going to come and, um, on my own dime and, and do it again in person. And so it's, it's helped us tremendously, right? If, if you do right, um, it can go a long way. Okay. Just do it. Don't, don't wait for the perfect equipment. Don't worry about for the perfect script for the perfect guest. Just get out there and record it. Luckily right now, uh, podcasting is the barrier of entry is so low, right? All you need is a laptop and some earbuds. Um, and that's it, right? Eventually you can upgrade to the nice fancy microphones to the nice fancy uh, interfaces, but literally, um, a laptop, your earbuds and audacity, free saw editing software, right? Um, so there's no excuse for, for anybody that's thinking about doing it to not already do it. Uh, so the advice is if you're not embarrassed a year from when you started from your first or second episode, then you're not doing it right. (laughs) You need to be embarrassed for your your first early episodes and that's okay because you're getting better and better and better. Um, but, and if you have a, a loyal following, they're going to go in that journey with you. And that's, that's the fun part of it, right? I, I get emails and people that, that I talk to at events. They're like, I remember the first episode you did, the first few episodes. It wasn't great. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. But here we are now, right? And it's so much better, hopefully, uh, in my mind anyway. Uh, it's so much better. And it's, it's a lot easier for me to just talk to people as opposed to, you know, interviewing them like we talked about before. Uh, yeah. Now we just have great conversations. And, and, that's what people, that's why people are tuning in to, to have these great conversations. I went to an event this week that Moby, the host of um, yeah. the Outlier in Austin, um, he, he was saying, you know, we, often we compare ourselves to, you know, really top podcasters that we're listening to. Uh, and he's just like, go back and listen to their first episode. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and I was just so like, there's, yeah, hope. there's no point listening to someone who's been doing it for years and really, and comparing yourself to that. Like, you know, listen to where they started. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I, you know, I mean, we all do that. Right. And it, it's tough to not want to be at that level right away. But uh, again, if you wait too long, that season might pass you up and you won't ever get it off the ground. Okay, so I'll finish up by asking you a couple of quick questions. What advice do you wish you had been given sort of at the beginning of your career or at the beginning of this new version of your career? Uh, to play to my strengths, right? Because I think in the beginning, um, I, want, I had, you know, obviously big, big dreams and, and uh, certain ambitions that, that I wanted to go. Uh, so I, want, I, I think I got distracted by a lot of things that, that Outlier could have become. And I think the first couple of years, we tried a lot of different things and some of them worked, some of them didn't. Um, and so we were kind of 
doing things that weren't true to the brand, weren't true to my own personal skill set. Um, you know, you should go out and try to learn different skills and diff- try different things. But, but at the end of the day, you should kind of stay true to who you are and what your skill sets are. And I think double down and try to be as niche as possible. Right in the beginning, we were trying to be everything to everybody. Right, this entrepreneurial organization. What does that mean? I don't like. Yeah. What do we we try to help entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale their businesses. Like truly, what does that mean? And but as time has gone on, we've kind of brought it down closer and closer and tighter and tighter. And so we have a tiny little niche now. And ever since we've done that, it's been fantastic. So my advice is: figure out who you are, what you like, what you're good at, and then. Only focus on that until you grow, um, you know, either personally or as a brand so that you are known for whatever you want to be. You're known for being that podcaster or known for being that coder or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think, I think focusing on that and being as niche as you possibly can is, is the way to go. So I I wish that I knew that, you know, at 22, 23. Yep. I think that's really good advice, actually. Okay, so that's the end of my questions. So I, I think we'll probably finish there. I was just going to do a quick plug saying, uh, like, don't forget to get your tickets for the Outlier Podcast Festival. So it's here in Austin, May 17 and 18, and then in Denver, July 12 and 13. And this was fantastic. You did a great job. I had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. This is my first solo podcast. So uh, Yeah. <laughs> okay. The first of many, right? First of many. That's it. That's happening. <laughs> Each week, you'll hear it here. So the accent will be back and back more. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Eva Gonzalez from Outlier Podcast Festival talking to us on Ticket Bud Tidbits, episode 16. Tune in next time for more, guys. I'll see you then.